Welcome to our podcast this morning. My name is Blair, and today we're starting a new series where we're going to work through the New Testament letter to the Philippians. We're going to look more closely at the theme of joy that's found throughout the letter. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy today's topic. So, so do me a favor, right, right from the start today. I mean, do this for me and give me your best smile. I mean, I know I can't see you, but smile at me anyways. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. It feels good to smile, doesn't it? Well, we're starting a new series that's based in the New Testament letter of Philippians. And one of the major themes of this letter is joy, because we could all use more joy, couldn't we? You know, you, you know, maybe you haven't noticed, but the world is kind of going through some stuff right now. And, and people have told me that they feel stretched thin, that they're overwhelmed with information and change. And that can make living joyfully a real challenge. But the letter to the Philippians, it's going to help us out. So I hope you like this new series. Now, Philippians is written by a man named Paul. And Paul was an apostle, which means he was a significant leader in the early church. In fact, the church that existed in the city of Philippi was started by Paul on one of his missionary journeys. And it's a city, it's a church, it's a group of people that are very close to Paul's heart. So today we're going to start in, in Philippians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to start verse 3 if you want to turn there or click there in your Bible so that you can follow along. And this is what it says, Philippians verse, or chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that you may that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and, and uh, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So right from the start, you can see Paul's affection for the people that he's writing to. I mean, just think about this. I mean, how many people do you know that every time they cross your mind, you thank God for them? <laughs> how many people have you got that like that in your life? Now, that being said, there's a, de there's a definite connection here between gratitude and joy. Gratitude and joy go together. So let me encourage you right from the start of this series to create a gratitude list or a, a joy journal, if you want to call it, where you take a few minutes every day and write down two or three things that you're thankful for. If there's a particular person that you're struggling with, um, purposely try to find something to be thankful for about that person. One time I heard a man who had a difficult relationship with his father describing this practice of finding something to be thankful for. And uh, he described that his father, growing up, his father was critical of everything, uh, of everything. 
and he grew up knowing that he could never do something good enough to receive his father's praise, but instead he would always draw his father's criticism. And over the years, this infected and empoisoned his heart. But after forgiving his father, the man sensed that God was asking him to find something to be thankful for regarding his dad. And the man thought, I've never known my father to not be critical. My dad criticized everyone and everything. And then it hit him. <laughs> my dad was consistent. He was predictable. And as weird as it sounds, the man was able to thank God for his father's consistency. And that allowed him to then have a sense of joy towards his father and to experience joy from God. Let me me encourage you, try this and you will find yourself experiencing more joy in your life. Now, as Paul writes this letter, he himself is in jail under threat of execution. And yet he says he has joy. And it's rooted in his gratitude for what the Philippian church has done to help him and to support him in his work for God. But it's also because of the work of God in their lives. Paul says that they're his partners in the message of Christ and in the grace of God. And he's writing this while in chains. You know, Paul is demonstrating that our difficult situations are really no excuse to limit, to, to limit our, our gratitude or joy. I, I mean, I've whined about COVID restrictions and I know some of you have too. And I've noticed that when I'm complaining that my level of joy declines. I mean, just consider what James chapter one says. It, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Different author, same stuff, right? God, you know, we should take joy seriously. It's a theme in the Bible because God tells us that he wants us to live in it. And he tells us that when we stay connected to Jesus, we can find victory in our adverse circumstances. So Paul goes on then in verse six and he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus. Now this seems like a natural progression of thought, Paul started the work in the Philippians and now he's facing the end of his own life and he's expressing his confidence and faith that God will complete the work because it's all God's work anyway. It's all his. And each and every one of us, each and every one of us will someday meet Jesus. Whether we die or whether Jesus returns and takes us with him, we will meet him. And until that time, we can be confident that he will finish the work that he's doing in us. So many times we look at our weaknesses, our shortcomings, and we take on the burdensome responsibility of fixing ourselves, thinking that we're not good enough for, for God. And that steals our joy. The remedy is to hold on to the truth that it's God's work in us, not ours. Our work is to stay connected to Jesus and he completes the work. So then it goes on in verse seven to nine, Paul, he goes into greater detail about his love and affection for this church and their love for him. But you'll notice, right? It says in verse nine, he writes this. He says, this is my prayer, that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. 
So they already loved each other, but, but there's no limit to how much more we can love. God's love is endless and we can know it more and more. God's love transcends being a prisoner in chains. You can know and understand his love even if you're isolated by COVID. Let me encourage you to find joy in the truth that nothing gets in the way of God's love for you, for me. So verse 10, it says, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, the benefit of knowing God's love more and more is joy, but, it, but it, there's more to it than that because it's the ability to discern what is best. I mean, have you ever experienced the joy of knowing that you've done your best or having the best? God wants us to be able to know and to understand what is best for our lives. And in that, we'll find joy. Knowing his love will lead us to be pure and blameless for the day that we will meet him. Again, right, that there is joy to be found in purity and living a life wholly, completely for God without compromise. And the result of this is righteousness that only comes through Jesus, not of our own efforts, but his. Now, righteousness, righteousness is one of my favorite words in the Bible. And, and it means this. It's got a couple different means. It means to be upright in our thinking, speaking, and acting in a way that honors God. But it's also a legal term that has deep meaning. And this is, this is why I love it. See, God is just. He rewards the innocent and he punishes the guilty. And he judges fairly and correctly. God demands perfection. And of course, we all know that it's impossible um, for us to be perfect, but that doesn't mean that all hope's lost. This is why I love the word, because we're often so busy looking at our shortcomings, but our righteousness doesn't come from our own work or effort. It's not based on our performance. It's based on Jesus' performance. The Bible tells us that Jesus never sinned, and it tells us that he became sin for us. At the cross, Jesus took on all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of the punishment that we deserve, and then he offers us a trade. We get his innocence, his uprightness in place of our own. What a great word. Knowing God's love more and more will lead us into greater joy because his love, his love leads us to knowing and understanding that we are fully forgiven that our sinful nature has been removed and replaced with a new Christ-like nature. We're righteous in him. Now, Paul, Paul had a sordid and questionable past that was full of murder and hatred, and yet he experienced the love of God so deeply that even while in prison, he knew the joy and the freedom of being right with God. Don't let your past keep you a prisoner. Let me encourage you today that you can know the same forgiveness, the same joy and freedom. Invite Jesus to be the leader of your life and ask him to forgive you of your wrongs. Now, for those of you that have already done that, let me leave you with some things to do today, some things to consider in response to today's message. So, uh, the first one is this, is I'm going to encourage you again to start a gratitude list, a, a joy journal, by thinking of people that you're thankful for, and then take a few minutes and pray for them. Ask God to bless them. 
okay? And maybe there's other things that you wanna write in there, but specifically address people. Second is this, what, you mean, what good work do you see God doing and working on in your life right now? And thirdly, ask God to help you to know and understand his love more and more. Ask him if there's anything in the way of you knowing and experiencing more of his love. Don't let, don't let your past keep you a prisoner. If Paul, a guy who murdered Christians, could find, right, the love and the joy of God, you and I can too, right? It, it, so many times we wanna look at what we've done in the past and we condemn ourselves when God freely, joyfully offers us forgiveness, wholeness, a whole new us. And so take the gift that he offers today. Maybe it's your first time doing that. And if it is, I'm going to ask you to let us know by going to our website, clfcr.com, clfcr.com, and going to the Connect tab and, and getting in touch with me. And if it's not, you know, maybe you've known God for a long time, but you still are living in places of guilt and condemnation. I'm gonna ask you to respond, to take a few minutes to respond and invite the love of God into your life. Ask him to talk to you about that uh, because he doesn't wanna leave you. He doesn't want you to live as a prisoner of your past any longer. I'm gonna pray for you. And then um, the questions, the, the few questions, things that I asked, to think, I asked you to think about are gonna come up on the screen so that you can take a few minutes and uh, process that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for each and every person that hears this, watches this, listens to it, God. I pray, Father, I pray that each and every one of us would take joy seriously as you do. That God, you would help us to live in places of joy. God, um, that our world all around us, which is struggling right now, would see in us your joy because God it, it isn't about our past it isn't about how we're performing it's about how much you love us and as you love us God all those other things will change too so God we open our hearts and minds right from the start ask you to talk to us to speak to us into us tell us God how you feel about us what you think about us and Lord may we live more and more in your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May you have a wonderful, joy-filled week.